Welcome to Nattering with the Knights. Nord Anglia International School, Hong Kong's P department, talking about sport, physical activity, health and a host of other topics. This week, Miss Ellis is joined by her childhood friend, Marina Ranger, otherwise known as Danger Ranger. Marina has competed in some of the world's toughest races as an endurance athlete. Her infectious attitude for challenge is a motivation, hopefully, for you, our listeners, and we really hope you enjoy this episode. So as usual, guys, get up and get active and get the earphones in, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome to this episode with Nattering with the Knights. Today, I'm joined by my childhood friend, Marina Ranger, aka Danger Ranger, who has a real passion for endurance sports. She has certainly challenged herself by taking part in mountain ultras, ice marathons, desert ultras, triathlons, and Ironmans. So welcome, Marina. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Nice and chilly in the UK. Very different to here. So first question, how did a hobby of running develop and grow into endurance racing? Um, To be honest, it wasn't ever really a hobby until I did my first ultra. So um, I started running with the aim of winning a competition at work to get a free place to do an ultra marathon with my boss at the time um I won the competition I then ended up doing the ultra marathon um and that that um time scale was over 10 months so I started running and within 10 months did my first ultra marathon in the Kalahari which was a 250 kilometer self-sufficient race in the Kalahari desert um And so it was after that that my hobby started because it was then that I realised my passion for running um, and endurance sports, um, although I only really got into triathlons uh, maybe four years ago. So, um, and I was young getting into ultramarathons. I was 22, um, which is young for the usual demographic of people that do ultramarathons because most people are sort of, I would say in their, you know, mid forties and fifties. So I've still got a long way to go, hopefully. You've always been sporty because even when we were younger, you were always playing sports like netball, hockey and everything together, but not much running when we were younger. No, no. Running wasn't ever something that interested me because it was something you did on your own, but I love team sports. Yeah. Um, and cross country when we were younger and we hated it (laughs) it was the worst one ever it was the one I absolutely dreaded doing I think we cut all the corners possible (laughs) didn't we (laughs) (laughs) now here you are (laughs) exactly yeah I think also when you get older and you have more life commitments running is so much easier to fit into your schedule because um you can just put on your running shoes and run out the front door and that's that whereas I did try and get into hockey after university when I started working but it just didn't fit and uh, fit in well and logistically you know you had to drive to the hockey pitch drive back and it meant that your Saturdays were taken up traveling to away games and it wasn't 
it wasn't really feasible all the time. Sure. Um, so your list of endurance events is very impressive. So can you name a few of your highlights um, and which one did you find the hardest? Highlights? Oh, I mean, they all are special in their own way, I suppose. And I've always chosen races based on trying to get in as much variety as possible. So I've never, you know, I've never just done marathons or just done road races or just done mountain races. I try and do um, some mountain races, some desert races, some multi-stage, some single stage. Um, but the ones that stand out for me are probably Ultra X Mexico, which I actually did in November 2019, not that long ago, just because the scenery was absolutely incredible and every day was different to the other day. You know, one day you're in the forest, the next day um, you're uh climbing up rocky mountains and um and you really feel like you're out in the wilderness um and then i suppose another one which sort of answers the second question about the hardest one is when i ran 500 kilometers in five days um across the length of the netherlands so from the north to the south of the country um well yeah yeah um so it was a self-organized challenge and i did it for um to raise money for breast cancer and it was yeah truly the hardest thing i have ever done um uh and yeah it scarred me for life that actually (laughs) you had a bit of a break after did you after that one uh, I actually didn't you know I I had a month off and then I had a mountain ultra over three days um uh, running about just over a marathon a day in um in the Alps it was called ultra tour Monte Rossa and I didn't realize at the time whenever you come out of a race you never quite realize the effect it's had on your body and then it wasn't until I had done that Altitron Monterosa that I really realised how broken my body still was because it was so difficult um, and there was no competing, like absolutely no competing. And by that point in my ultra running career, I definitely was at the point of competing, but I, it, I, my legs were just gone so I just had to sort of take a step back and realize that um I needed to just get to the finish line each day and that was as much as I could do (laughs) wow (laughs) um so endurance events are challenging not only on the body but also on the mind in what ways do you stay focused on the challenge during um challenge and during the challenge during training and during the during I'll ask that again, shall I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, endurance events are challenging not only on the body but also the mind. In what ways do you stay focused on your challenge and during the challenge? Um 
so mentally how do I stay focused yes yeah during the challenge um two things one I always think of the finish line always um because it sounds cliche but the visualization techniques are really powerful in actually um forcing you to always think of the end and that the end is in sight at some point it's just one foot in front of the other you just got to keep going and then secondly I never let any doubts cross my mind that I'm not going to finish um and um I think that's also really powerful in making sure that I always get to the finish line because I think the second that doubt crosses your mind and you think oh I can't do this or oh I'm you know I'm done um you know why am I doing this it's so stupid I'm not going to get to that finish line then I think um it's a bit of a um what's the word Mm, no like a Oh, what's the word? Downhill spiral, do you mean? Or? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, totally a downhill spiral. Um, so, yeah, just always staying positive and um, also breaking, I know I've said more than two things now, but you break it up into chunks. <laughs> um, and the checkpoints help with that because in ultra marathons, you don't just go from zero kilometres to 100 kilometres. You've got checkpoints along the way. So roughly they do it every 10 kilometers and so rather than thinking oh my gosh I've got to run 100 kilometers today you just say I've got to get to the first checkpoint which is 10 kilometers and then when you get there then you think oh I've just got to get to the next checkpoint another 10 kilometers so breaking it up in small chunks really helps mentally yeah um I know what you mean when I ran 10k the other day I had to break it up you know <laughs> get me to the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it. Uh, it is all relative it is <laughs> um, so how do you prepare for an endurance event can you take us through your routine I am quite meticulous with my training um, and planning because it's not just about training it's all about it's also about planning your nutrition planning your kit logistics of getting to the race and um anything that physically or mentally um is going to help you feel the most prepared as possible um so training wise i um work with a coach and uh, depending on how big the race is you know i'll have a 16 week minimum program uh leading me up into the race um and then uh planning wise again it depends on the type of race but if for example it was a multi-stage race which is my favorite kind of race um sorry um so if it was a multi-stage race I would have a spreadsheet that lists out all my nutrition for the race and how I do it is 
by the number of hours I think it's going to take me each day to run that distance. So let's say one day is 50 kilometers. I'll estimate that that's going to take me five to six hours. And then um, I will then build the number of carbs, the the, the grams of protein, um, the number of calories that I need for that five to six hours, plus what breakfast I'm having, plus what recovery I'm having, plus what dinner I'm having. So um, I think what people don't realise um, that don't do ultramarathons or multi-stage races, they don't ever factor that into um, getting prepared for a race. It's, it's so much more than just the training itself um, because if you don't have the right fuel or you don't have the right socks or you don't have the right gaiters to keep the sand out, then that can be really detrimental to your race and you'll end up not finishing. And I definitely know how organized you are. You've been organized your whole life. Perfectly organized. So I can imagine holding my knickers. Exactly. The preparation that goes into it. Exactly. Um, Very needed. So what does training look like during COVID at the moment? Um, I've actually just today started back within, um, with, a, with my coach to start a new training plan, hoping that there will be some races um, at the start of the season, which is usually around springtime, so April, May. Um, but over COVID, I to start off with, I was on furlough. So I was training a lot. I was basically living like a full-time athlete, um, literally just eating, sleeping, training. Um, and we, huh? You enjoy that? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I felt so fit. I felt the best I'd ever felt. But um, that was thinking that races would come back sooner and obviously they didn't so that sort of all went slightly to pot in some sense but it didn't really but in the sense that I couldn't put it into action with a race last year unfortunately so um uh, hopefully that's just built up a good base for me and then uh midway through covid i stopped doing a full-on hardcore plan because i just i thought the body didn't uh necessarily need it it would have been nice to have a bit of a rest and i was also lacking motivation big time because without a goal in sight i find it a bit difficult to actually um be training ridiculous hours so i've just done you know minimum well on average, an hour a day. Yeah. Exercise a day, running, cycling. Running, cycling, swimming when the pools were open, but they haven't been open recently. So um, before um, before winter, when the weather was nice outside, I'd do fake swimming with bands oh, and yeah. you know, put them in my hands and pushing back just to keep the arm muscles. But um, that's uh not really happened over winter so yeah I I mean I could do it inside but um it's a lot nicer when the sun's shining on your back (laughs) getting a nice tan at the same time 
Exactly, killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> Talking of motivation, do you ever just want to turn your alarm off in the morning? I know you wake up early in the morning for your runs and to get out because I can see it all on Instagram. Is it, do you ever just want to say, not today? Oh yeah, for sure. But there's a fine line between the difference between motivation and commitment. Um, and if you've got that commitment in place, then you don't necessarily need the motivation because you're so committed that you're going to get out anyway, regardless of how you feel. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. There are mornings where I wake up and I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> when I think, oh, for goodness sake, I just cannot be bothered. The last thing I want to do, but because I'm committed to the cause or the end goal, yeah. whatever that might be, then I just get up and do it anyway. Yeah, looking for the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, so you said that you've just started your new training uh, block. Yes. What events do you have lined up then or hoping to? I have, I haven't actually booked anything properly until September. However, I'm hoping that in May I'll be doing a middle distance triathlon, which is a half Ironman. Um, and then in June, I'm going to be doing Ultra X Slovenia World Championships, which is um, Ultra X do uh, multi-stage ultra marathons around the world. And um, by winning Mexico in 2019, I qualified to go to the world champs. So the world champs is where all the pros go and anyone that is qualified by winning races. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so I've got that in June. And then in September, I've got the um, International Triathlon Union Long Distance Triathlon World Champs of a mouthful that yeah but but basically it's um where I'll be wearing I'll be representing Great Britain um in the long distance triathlon world champs amazing yeah it's exciting all goes forward I know fingers crossed uh so with that being said maybe you've just answered it is there one event that you have on the bucket list My no, because well, yeah, there are there are always ones on the bucket list, but the biggest one that was on the bucket list for me when I started doing endurance racing was to represent Great Britain at a race. But I I did that already a couple of years ago, so that was a huge tick, and it was such an amazing feeling to wear a, a yeah. GB triathlon suit so being able to do that again will just be another great race to do um but bucket race bucket list races I mean there are always new ones that come on but uh, nothing that is more stand out than a GB race I think yeah definitely yeah so as a female taking on these incredible challenges have you ever encountered any potential setbacks no, not at all. If anything, I think it push, pushes me harder. Um, it's 
I'm always in the minority, far less so now than five, six, seven, eight years ago, um, because it's really t- ultra marathon running has really taken off recently, um, as has Ironmans. Um, so naturally, more and more women do it. Um, so I'm less so in the minority, but still, um, still there are always more men. Um, but yeah, as I say, I think I actually quite, not that I don't want women to do it, but I also quite enjoy being in the minority because then I always feel like, well, um, I can easily get one up on you because if I overtake you and you're a bloke, well, it, I don't know, it just feels great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah. Do you have any sponsorship? Uh, no, no. And it's so hard to get. Um, I get free stuff. Um, but with sponsorship, you have to really work hard and you have to, it's not just dropping an email or putting an application form in. You have to really build a relationship with these brands um, and their brand values have to align with who you are as a person. Um, and it's hard work and it's not really why I do um, what I do. Um, like I love getting free stuff, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not why I do ultramarathon races or Ironmans. Um, so, so no. And last one. If one of our students developed an interest in endurance events, what would your advice be to someone starting out on their journey? Oh, um, oh that's really hard. <laughs> if someone so if someone was interested and they were just starting out yeah I would say consistency is probably the biggest um piece of advice um so being consistent in training you know um you can't just have one really cracking week of training and then fall flat the next week it has to be every single week um and that don't that doesn't just include training it also includes other aspects of your life you know the way you eat the number of hours you sleep um how much water you drink um not drinking too much alcohol um and sometimes having to make sacrifices and choosing a training session over a social occasion so um it's yeah consistency is is definitely something that encompasses all those things um but at the same time you obviously have to be enjoying yourself so um just you know always have that in the back of your mind that whatever you decide to do you need to be enjoying yourself so um yeah and crack on because it's like the most rewarding thing you can do it's incredible so get yourself across one finish line and that won't be the last that's for sure I like it 
Okay, so thank you for sharing your experience with us. But before we finish, we have a quick fire round. So you have to just say whatever comes to your mind. Oh, that's dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's what I thought. (laughs) Okay. Um, Favourite food post long distance run? Peanut butter. Interesting fact about yourself. I'm half Brazilian. Favourite holiday destination? Rio de Janeiro. Knew you'd say that. Favourite sporting <laughs> brand? Uh, on running. Favourite book? Um... It's a war book, but I've forgotten its name. I <laughs> really like it. <laughs> the Forgotten Soldier. <laughs> um, most famous person you've met? Um, Carl Lagerfeld. If you're an animal, what one would you be? A pig. <laughs> anything at all in the world what would it be sorry if I could what if you could get yourself anything at all in the world what would it be happiness very nice I played this before we did it and I thought of my answers I thought it was like um biggest oh that's nice biggest life lesson you can share in under 60 seconds to our listeners um always have a positive mindset energy goes where energy flows so if you think negatively then negative things will come your way but if you think positively then good things will come your way um and be more of a yes person if you try things then more doors will open for you i love that very good thanks um marina if people want to follow your journey where can they find you um, you can definitely find me on Instagram. My name is <laughs> Marina underscore danger underscore ranger. Because my name is Marina Ranger, but people call me Danger Ranger. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks again to Marina for joining me today and sharing your stories and adventures. We hope you enjoy this episode and can take away some valuable points to improve and develop your performance in any activity you participate in. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Nattering with the Knights. If you want to make sure that you don't miss any future episodes, then please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please reach out to your PE teacher if you have any feedback or ideas about topics you would like to see and hear about in the future. In the meantime, have a great week and we will see you next time.